Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, L. Russ. If you'd like to know more about me or have any comments and ideas for the show, go to lruss.com. And today I'm really excited because one of my best friends who I actually met through podcasting is on the show today, Tanya Dyer Esquire. She founded a high conflict divorce law firm in 2001. And after two decades of, you know, helping people sort of separate their messes and dealing with that, she found the art of self-rescue because she's really discovered how to help high achieving alpha women like me, like her, like probably a lot of you who've married their emotional opposites and to help them stop struggling in their marriage. So we'll put the full bio in the notes and we'll talk to her about this. Um, Welcome to the show. I miss you. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Well, you know, everyone, everyone, uh, she got married a couple years ago, uh, but it previously was going by Tanya Stewart. And if you guys want to hear the first episode I did with Tanya on the Primal Blueprint podcast, that is episode 303. It's a really good one. And I also want to mention, uh, Tanya, past couple of months, was on Abel James' podcast, Fat-Burning Man, and also Tara Garrison's Inside Out Health, both really amazing interviews. Um, you know, you know, we're, we're BFF, so so I know this, and I, I love uh, listening to your interviews, even myself. I, I tell people that. I'm like, even though she's my friend, I still like watch all of her interviews. Let's talk first about being a divorce lawyer for a second. Um, I mean, I remember you telling me stories like people be, you know, fighting to the death over a dining room table, had nothing to do with it. Like you saw just high conflict. Tell us a little bit about that experience and and just, you know, what you gathered from it. Yes. So if you're watching this, you're going through a divorce or you've been through one or you know someone's been through one, this will sound familiar. My favorite story is the Coleman camping lantern. Um, I've been a divorce lawyer for gosh, 22, going to 23 years now. And this was when I was a younger lawyer. So I still really didn't believe how low people could sink. Like I just didn't believe it. And I was working the other side of the case was an older lawyer. And literally we honest to goodness, we had custody. We had the house, we had the money, we had the retirement, we had it all settled. And it literally came down to the Coleman camping lantern. The, this is where I, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm saying it correctly. It is a lantern that you take when you go camping. So I had the wife. She wanted it. He had the husband. He wanted it. I kid you not. We're talking hundreds of dollars an hours that we're spending arguing over a lantern. So I felt so smart. I actually went to a Walmart and bought a lantern. I thought this is so clever. I've solved this. This is the lantern was probably like $69. I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm going to get, everyone's going to thank me and see how smart I I kid you not. They fought over the new lantern. Oh my God. I mean, it's just like, it's like, it's like the worst comedy ever. It was was like, if I'd known you, I would have given that to you for a sketch comedy. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely unbelievable. Okay. And so, you know, as you go through this, you're like, all right, I'm kind of tired of these negative vibes, like this career. Uh, tell us what launched you into, I mean, cause you really are an expert on alphas, alpha females. And, uh, you know, this is a lot of what you've been talking about and it's still a part of what you do with art of self-rescue so that people understand. And, you know, for, for those of you watching or listening, for those of you listening, this is also a video, uh, by the way, interview on YouTube on Mark's daily Apple. I'll put the link obviously in the show notes, but 
I have a huge quote from you in my book, Confident as Fuck, about alphas and the life cycle. Yes. Can you just sort of describe to us some things? Because, you know, when you describe it, people listening who are alpha women go, oh, shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much, because this is important. So if you're driving, honestly, just pull over. Like if you're at work, just go to the toilet. You're going to, it's okay. You're gonna have a girl moment. It's fine. They won't come get you. So if you're an alpha woman, you're wondering if you're an alpha. Alphas are formed by a very specific set of circumstances. Somewhere in your family of origin, there was a huge betrayal, a breach, a trust. There was somebody, usually a parent that failed you and taught you that the people that were supposed to love you won't love you, won't keep you safe. At that moment, you felt completely abandoned And you developed trust issues, didn't trust yourself, didn't trust your parents, didn't trust whoever you view as source or God. And you went through your life becoming stronger and stronger and more independent and more fierce and more skilled. And that became your alpha. Your alpha is actually a defense mechanism. And what happens is you're cruising through life and you're in your 20s and alphas are beautiful and strong and fierce and funny and juicy and vibrant and opinionated and strong as fuck. And you know what? We meet men and we fight with them. That is where we start. So our life cycle- It's like the early dating phases of alphas. (laughs) This is it. We start by fighting and it gets exhausting. Somewhere in your later 20s, you're like, I need to stop fighting with these men. This is ridiculous. I'm a catch. Why am I fighting? Why why is this not obvious? Why don't they just want me? So we're smart, right? We're going to stop fighting with them. We move to the control cycle. And this is the cycle that most alphas, if they don't find me in their life in, because in the control cycle, we control our men. We control our children, our husbands, our business, our dog, our cat, the weather, if we can manage it. (laughs) Because control is born out of fear and it makes you feel safe. You interact with men who are now softer than you, who will allow your control. Enter the beta man. And that is what I'm a specialist in. I'm a specialist in alpha beta marriages. And your alpha, we approach fear by aggression and control, and they approach fear by avoidance, running, and hiding. And these marriages, they're going to fail. Wheels usually come off the bus in five to seven years. So you are not crazy. This man is your emotional opposite. Your children are falling apart because you're, you're making your girls alphas. You're making your boys soft. You can't get them to do anything. You're pulling. You're pushing. The sex goes to hell. I get it. I know. I hear you. You know, that that core abandonment wound's interesting. It also is something you talked about before. I think it was on the Good Morning La La Land interview that I really liked uh, with Rob Mack and Jeslyn and Aaron. Um, Can you speak a little bit about that um, overgiving, the overgiving part? Yeah, and this pitfall, because this is like such a thing that I had to get over as an alpha, and I'm sure you did too, and you know, we we, we (laughs) grow up, but like for people that need to hear this, it's a good red flag. Oh, it's so, thank you, Elle. Gosh, you, uh, by the way, I want you, all you listeners, you must know this, but she's like a mad genius, and (laughs) I just have to say this out loud, I always have to say this, alphas have problems with women. We don't tend to have a lot of close female friendships, we don't have the support we need, because Honestly, we need to be with other alphas. We need to be with women like ourselves. We need to be with women that are ride or die, that have your back. You could call it 2 a.m. and you've got a body. And the, her only question is, is do you have quick line? Do I need to bring a shovel? <laughs> right. Do you need a shovel? Yeah. Where's the nearest Home Depot? Is it open? I'll get some bags. Yeah. <laughs> right. So L, by the way, is she's like me in small and white. I love her. I love everything about her. You people are blessed to listen to her. Oh. Alphas 
Overgive, all of us. It becomes one of our coping mechanisms. This is how we learn to earn love. Usually our dad mm, taught us by abandonment or by not by judging us and by not loving us for who we are, that we had to earn love. So like a boy, we learn to do, 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 do. We overgive. We overfunction. We come into any situation, any crisis, and we fix it. So people tend to throw you in crazy situations, drowning situations. They don't offer you support and you feel like nobody has your back. Part of that is because you don't expect people to have your back and you start attracting all these needy people and you become this over-functioning person. You become like an eagle in a yard full of chickens. And all the chickens are like, well, we pretty much need you to protect us and do everything for us, but you don't belong. And it's a terrible feeling. And you know, part of that, I think with me as an uncoached alpha back in the day, and this is again, something you speak about, maybe you can highlight it, which is the, um, oh, so true. So one of the pitfalls being that we don't like to be vulnerable. We don't want to appear as weak, right? This is like a nightmare for us. So we're inaccessible. People like people like us, they want to hang out with us. They can't get to us. And this is so, this was so me, man. This was so me for so many years where I, I could be in front of someone and have them be vulnerable and do this thing, but I wasn't willing to participate in that myself. And therefore just kind of lingering on the outside of friendships, right? Not really getting in there inaccessible. Oh, you, she's hit the nail on the head. So the problem is, is what you learned when you were young is that if you were vulnerable, if you showed your needs and you have needs, they're valid. When you showed them, you were punished, you were abandoned, you were rejected. And what I teach is that basically like a mirror, it's like you dropped yourself and shattered yourself. And then you let everybody else pick out the pieces that they would reward, the pieces that they would approve of and give love to. And those are the pieces that you kept and polished and all the other pieces you shoved away. When we shove those pieces away, we shove away our needy, our soft, our intuition, our feminine. We shove away the vulnerability. You guys just did a great episode um, in your other podcast about this. Your vulnerability. And, and when you're not vulnerable, you can't receive love. That's actually what triggers a man to want to care for you. It triggers him to show up in his alpha, which is actually the energy you want to have. If you don't have that male-female dynamic, that polarity is what drives the sex. That's what drives the connection and the bonding. So when you shove that side of you away and you become one-dimensional, you then attract a relationship where he's the opposite and one-dimensional. You're hard. He's soft. And what's going on, in my opinion, God of the universe is trying to balance you. So it's trying to get the woman to feel safe in her vulnerability, to be complete, and trying to get the man to feel safe in his alpha and his strength and be complete. Yeah. All right. Where do we take it from here? Because... Delicious. Well, I mean, I love it. It's like the art of self-rescue, which is where you can find Tanya on all social media. And I just, I love that concept uh, that goes for everything in life, right? Like you, you got you, man. We have backups. We have friends. You're the only one that can do this work, this messy shit. No one likes to do. Um, let's talk about the art of self-rescue. And uh, these, uh, you have four, right? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm so, no, you're good. So I'm so that, no, the universe just paused us for a moment. Cause this is okay. such a good task that we need to start as an alpha. I, and she said, I married two years ago. I moved from the U S to Australia. So I moved 10,000 miles away, changed my life. You know, basically gave everything up of my old identity, except for my alpha. I moved, if I moved anything, I moved my alpha with me. And I think 
that this was the experience in this second marriage where I thought, oh, I've got this all set. I've got it all lined up. I've got the right guy and everything. It was to show me that I still had the traits as an alpha that would destroy a relationship and that would guarantee me to struggle. I still had these traits. And the biggest trait is that as an alpha, when we get in a relationship and we start to not get what we need, see, first we don't show them that we have any needs and then we get together with them. And then we finally feel like, oh, we're here, we're safe. We start showing our needs. The man married you thinking you didn't have any. So when he sees them for the first time, he freaks out and he doesn't support them. And then you go back into the cycle of, oh, this happened to me before. But you want to save that relationship. So what happens is you start suppressing your needs. You start being less vocal and you start over-functioning. You go into the over-giving. You start over-alphing. You start giving too much. You start forgiving too much. You start allowing too much. In that process, you start to drown. You literally just start to go under. And you're looking at your partner going, this is your fault. You did this to me. Come fix it. And the moment that I realized that this is against all universal law, This is actually something that I did. This is something that I chose. It's a pattern that I have that I needed to break and see. I needed actually to save myself. How do you do it? How do you, what is the art of self-rescue? Yeah, I like those. First of all, let's, you know, I've joked around about this a couple times. Let's talk about two drowning people. Oh, this is my favorite thing. So what I figured out was, you know, when you talk about people in a marriage or relationship that's been struggling off and on for years, you got all these things going, all this mess, children, bills, sex, all this stuff's going on. What you really have is two people drowning. You have two people going under. And I can tell you in the history of ever and never did one drowning person save another drowning person. So when you keep looking at your, your partner, or your mate or your spouse and thinking, come over here and, and fix this, I'm drowning, come save me. I don't have the love. I don't have the support. I don't have you listening to me. I don't feel whole. I don't feel seen. I don't feel beautiful. You're turning to a person who's drowning, demanding that you be saved. It's not going to happen. It's going to reinforce your beliefs that you're abandoned. It's going to actually make your partner feel like you're pulling on him, which you are while he's drowning. If your marriage, and why I tell people that in Art of Self-Rescue, we save a marriage by saving you first. Because if you actually stop pulling on your partner, I can focus all of your energy on you. When you're screwing with him, you're actually saying, if I could just fix him, then he'll come over here and and fix me. And that's not allowed. Art of Self-Rescue is where we get you happy, where we figure out what your needs are. We have to actually tell the truth about the situation you're in, which is shit. And you have to grieve the fact that you did it. You heard me say that. I'm so sorry if it's upsetting to you, but you chose it. There are no victims. Otherwise, you're, you really are in victim energy. And by the way, alphas hate victims. We hate soft, squishy, victim, whiny women. Okay, that's that part of us that we hate. But you're, we're, we're actually being a victim when we're in this relationship, letting ourselves drown, expecting somebody else to come get us because we can see the three ways that they screwed us over. And by the way, he is being a dick. I'm just going to say that out loud. He's doing sure. that. Okay, that's That's what's going on. But- That is what's coming on top of the the primary fact that you've abandoned yourself, that you've just let your needs go, that you really are that little girl who's waiting for somebody, her daddy, to pick her up and love her. And in the art of self-rescue, the most important part is for me to get you to tell the truth, for me to get you to grieve the truth, because you have to grieve the loss of that fantasy. Then we need to forgive yourself. This is a step that most people do not do and don't know about. If you don't forgive yourself, you cannot forgive him. This is why, for instance, in marriages with affairs, those usually don't work 
is because you can't forgive the person if you haven't forgiven yourself. And if you don't own it, your part, you also can't forgive them either because you're just blank. No, and I promise you, you had a part in that. I mean, we could do a whole show on that, but spiritually, you abandon yourself, you attract other people who will abandon you because Mm -hmm. the universe is trying to show you what you're doing. It's reflecting it. It'll just keep imprinting the story to make sure it's smart every time. You just keep telling. And you need a good girlfriend like Elle. If you have a good girlfriend, by the way, I can't sneak shit past Elle. If I like throw some shit over, Elle's like, hey, Tanya. I was like, oh yeah, okay. That was a piece (laughs) of shit. Was Okay, thank you for Matt. Woo, yeah, you're right. I was just trying to be a little victim there. Thank you. But most girlfriends enable you. You keep telling the story about what the person is doing to you and they keep saying, yes, he's crap. Yes, he's crap. Yes, he's crap. But we don't go underneath that to say, well, wait a second. Why are you taking the crap? Where are your feelings on this? How are you supporting yourself? What are we going to do about it? You know, you don't do that. And you don't have enough feminine circles around you, by the way, to get the emotional support you need. Because quintessentially, I hate to tell it to you, you cannot depend on your husband or your mate for all of your emotional support. Men aren't wired for that. When you get a man to do that, he becomes feminine. And when he becomes feminine, you screw up the polarity and screw up the relationship. You have to have women that you can take your stuff to. That's why historically, and you know, this is primal blueprint. It is primal for women to have circles of women. Women oh, we, do. Hey, look, we delivered each other's babies. We hung out and sat there with each other, the babies, feeding everyone all. You take a turn up, put it on your tit, whatever. I mean, we were like That's all it. communal. And it's why we don't have issues, you know, or not not that men do, but it's just so funny. You know, if you go to like a an open locker room and, you know, open showers, women are like, whatever. We're all just like talking for hours. We're hanging there. Guys are not really <laughs> in that mode. We are much more. Yeah, it's just because by nature is- of, yeah. <laughs> It's a, an alpha women specific, oh, I got goosebumps. This is really important. Alpha women specifically have lost this because remember we rejected, scattered and shattered our feminine side. We are very poor at connecting with other women. We're very poor with receiving. When we have women, we usually have them like under a protectorship. Like I used all my other friends. They weren't my friends. They weren't my equals. These were just women that I protected. They brought me their crap and I fixed it. I was their mom or their dad or their guardian or their something. Right. But when I freaked out, oh my God, it was like turning on the light and roaches scattered. It's like, whoa, <laughs> there's nobody in here. Hello? Hello? <laughs> so it's so important that, and I don't care if you don't have a giant circle or tribe of women, you got to get one. If yeah, you, and you can, can manifest it. This is something you can really intend. I did it. That's how I've, look, I've, Tanya and I have been best friends for like three years now or something like that. Yeah. I didn't meet you until I interviewed you for the Rise Up Kick-Ass, by the way, just to everyone, a couple of years ago, I did a great free series on YouTube called Rise Up Kick-Ass with Karen Martell. We interviewed tons of people, including Tanya and Rob Mack and a bunch of great people. Um, but I met you then, and then we would, ha- we would have like seven-hour, we, we had like love conversations. We, we were like a, dumb kids who were dating or talking every night. On the- we're actually soulmates. I'm going to hear this. Say this for the people listening to this. Soulmates are not just a sexual romantic thing. So we're actually soulmates. There's a part of us that recognize each other. And there's a part of us that fits so well and supports so well. And when I found her, I was so validated because I thought my skills around relationships have clearly improved because look what I manifested. Uh, Same here. You know, and that's the thing too, as an alpha female, when you're uncoached all those years and you find it difficult with other women or or more combatties or, or just finding me like, I can't hang out with the chick that's talking about shoes and lipstick all day. Uh, you know, you, when you get out of that, like you realize how valuable it is and you start to realize that you have more, you start to get more female friends than you do the guy friends as you go forward, you know, but it's about, yeah, it's trust and yeah, you got to have a ride or die. You have to have people, you know, are, you know, really reliable and in your corner and going to call you on stuff instead of enable you. Um, so sorry, back, let's get back to 
the, the, the friendships you were sort of. So you have to have these friendships. These are the friendships where you can take your stuff and you can be seen, where you can practice being vulnerable, where you can speak your deep truths and your deep needs and be received and heard and not judged. In a relationship under stress, you don't have that because the person isn't, isn't set up for it. They don't know how to do it. Okay. Off the bat, you can learn, you can evolve to that, but right off the bat, they can't. So if you go into one of these relationships and you're like, Oh, I heard Tanya and Ellen, a podcast and I need to be vulnerable. So if you go home tonight and you turn to your husband and say, you know, I feel really alone when I'm sitting next to you in this marriage. And I, I, I feel like we're not going to make it. And I, I just need some reassurance. If you just spout that off in a relationship, you may get the equivalent of the emotional slap on that. Mm-hmm. So you have to find places where you have people who can receive from you and give back to you. You don't necessarily want to start at your, your most challenging spot to ask for support. What else would you like to share with us about the art of self-rescue? Were there, wasn't there like a four quadrant thing chat? Oh, you're, you're probably talking about the four R's of doom. Oh, okay. <laughs> things I love about, I teach about the four R's of doom. One of the things that you'll find in yourself is you'll find you have these four R's. You have resistance, you have regretting, you have rescuing, and you have, I can't remember my fourth R. Resenting, resisting, regretting, and um, the fourth R will come to me, rescuing probably. But I want you to hear this. We rescue because we are trying to get other people to rescue us. The resistance that we are stuck in, that energy becomes our attraction. And then we just attract more crappy, resistant things because we are wired for struggle. The reason we are wired for struggle is because we're good at it, because we've honed it like a weapon, like a warrior. Warriors always need a war. It's like you hear countries where the warrior comes home and then there's peacetime. So they feel lost and abandoned and rejected. That's quintessentially an alpha woman. That's why you actually have so much struggle in your job and your business and your home and your life and your sex and your health and everything. Um, oh, now I remember the four. She's talking about my, my four corners. So the perfect square of life is your health, your wealth, your love, and your self-expression. Your health, your wealth, your love, and your mission. Health, like obviously look at L. Okay. I can just say nothing else about that. But health is an area that alphas tend to do well in because you can literally kind of muscle it. You can grit your teeth and exert control on it. And by the way, I'm going to tell you, if you're doing your health like that, eventually you'll have problems right. because your motivation is fear-based. So right. if you're exercising and you're eating well, if you're eating paleo because you're afraid, then you're going to have an issue with it. If you're eating paleo because you love yourself, because you're like, this is what my body needs because I feel so good because I feel juicy and I feel right. on and I'm like, ooh. That's the good stuff. But if you're doing it out of fear, it's not going to work. Your love corner, this is where I help alphas with. This is where you struggle. By the way, love and mission are inextricably connected. You, you can't get your purpose without your love corner because your, your purpose, your mission requires deep faith and trust. And that's the thing that you don't have. You don't have it in yourself. You don't have it in your God. You can't love the way you want to love and you cannot receive love better than you love yourself. I know that sucks to hear. It's, it, you know what? It does. But you know what? It's true. And I'm telling you right now, if you do, if you figure it out, your life's going to be better. Mine has been so much better that I just ha- dealt with the yucky things. Oh, she's really good at that. You guys, and she's a coach too. So, you know, if you're looking for mindset stuff, I mean, come on, she wrote the book, Confident as Fuck. What, what, what? Oh, 
Right. <laughs> but it's, it's not fun. I've, I've, I've had sessions with coaches. You know, we, we all have coaches, coaches have coaches. We have different coaches for certain things. When you go to for that, oh, this one might be better for the other. And, uh, I have, uh, gosh, I've bawled my eyes out, just hacking up snot because of the yuckiness of a self identified thing. And it's just, ah, but uh, I can only say that one of the worst ones I've ever had of that turned out to be the best because I finally was like, what an awful day that I realized I've done this to myself, (laughs) you know, what an awful day. But then also if I look back in hindsight, I'm like one of the best days because I was no longer in denial or oblivious to it. That's it. You know, the, the three phases that I move alphas through are massive truth, massive action and massive transformation. And the reason it's important that they go in that order is alphas tend to want to start with action because we're in our male side and males are about action. So they want to, they want to do, um, in fact, I have to give my women a lot of homework because it makes them feel good. I'm like, here, go do this, go do this. They're like, Oh, I need some homework. I'm like, you actually don't, but it's okay. Have some homework. You actually have to start with the truth, which is not action. It's reflection. You go inside. You go to these core beliefs. You're looking for the core beliefs that are driving something. One of my laws is that I call it the law of behavior, and it's demands never change behavior. Demands never change behavior. Whatever your core belief is, is going to generate your behavior. So give us, give us an example. Give us a real life example so that people can sync. Okay. Truth. So a core belief, and, and I'll actually expose a, a vulnerable one for you guys, because I'll teach my women how to be vulnerable. Yeah. So um, you can see a picture of my, my husband in the background there. Um, I grew up in, in an all-white town, went to all-white schools. As a consequence of that, I'm very comfortable dating black and white men, mostly white men, actually. So what happened was, as I grew up, I discovered that white men weren't looking for me. They weren't looking. They were looking for L. Hint. <laughs> This is probably why I had a little bit of an issue with all these little tiny, beautiful, blue-eyed blonde women. Just saying out loud. They were looking that one of your B- I was meant then to come in and be the BFF to- You were. Prejudice against me. <laughs> I know. I had a prejudice. Like we're all dealing with prejudice in the world. Like I, Elle was my prejudice. She's like a little walking about it. My pre- because I would look at the men that I wanted in high school and they wanted Elle. I literally had a best friend with blonde hair and blue eyes and- she took that guy you wanted, damn it, probably. <laughs> right. I'm going to share this story because this story is too epic not to share. Oh, we right. ran cross country together and we're both alphas, but you know, I'm the captain of the team. I'm the fastest runner. We're running, we're training with the guys that day and we're out for a long run. So we're running like seven or eight miles. We're running along and I'm by myself. And the guy that I have a crush on is, is running up to catch up with me. And I'm like, oh, and like, you imagine a high school girl, like I'm trying to make myself look better. And I, I've, right. I've run six miles. Like, it's not possible. I mean, I smell. So I'm running, I'm running. He catches up with me and he's running next to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my God. I sound like a belly. Right, right. Like, oh, my oh, my oh my God, she's flirting. He's going to flirt. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, so homecoming is coming. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm like, oh God, please, God, please. How do you run with your fingers crossed? Like, I think I have my fingers crossed. And he's <laughs> like, so um, I was wondering, I'm like, come on. He's like, do you, um, do you know if Tamara is going with anybody yet? Oh, I was like, ah, my heart just died. It's he like, just like asked a, me. It's a scene out of every sad coming of age. I, I was the 16 yeah. Candles movie. I, I should have had that. I was like, oh my God, did he actually just run next to me and ask me if my blonde haired blue eyed white friend had a it's date? It's almost like, it's almost like, sissy. it's almost like we're Jake Ryan in the back yes. points and she, it's not her. It was not me. It was not, damn it. That was, so I had this core belief 
that because of my skin color, I wasn't enough. Like I couldn't get the love that I wanted. Right, like that you were attracted like, to the type of person you thought was the type maybe of person that I, I grew up around that I was attracted to, wasn't looking for me, didn't want me. And that belief manifested in my relationships. I would have relationships, the guy would come and then things would be great. And then he would just poof, he would disappear, he would lose interest. I mean, literally, I think this happened maybe nine times before I was like, okay, you know what? Hey, this, this might be me. Look, <laughs> it's me. It was my belief. It was my belief that it would come and he would fail. He would come and he would leave me because I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. And I had to come to that truthful moment where I was like, I don't think I'm enough. And because I don't think I'm enough, I can't be enough. I could never be enough. So I kept attracting people. And, and you're going to would- confirm the statement by attracting people who will bail so that you can prove to yourself, see, I wasn't yes. enough. Oh, you can't understand all oh, alphas. You're going to prove yourself right. The problem yeah. is we still want to be right more than we want to be happy. Yes. And when I, when I surfaced that deep truth, then I had to grieve it because I was like, oh, that sucks. I think that makes me an awful person. You know, I mean, in, uh, this was years ago that I figured this out, but it's like, you know, n- nowhere, but anywhere is a black person raising their hand saying, you know, I have regrets about being black. This happens to black people, but we actually don't have any safe place to say that because then it looks like you're rejecting your race. And it's like, oh my, you feel like a horrible person, but these are the kinds of nasty, icky truths that you tell. And then you grieve. And then I had to forgive myself. I'm like, you know what? Look where I grew up. I was the only black person in my high school, only black person in my grade school, only black person in my town. At a little town. I'm like, hmm, it's not weird that that's who I want to date. And it's not weird that they're used to dating people that look like Elle and wanting people that look like Elle. I would hear the phrase, I was pretty for a black girl. Yeah. I was pretty for a black girl. Instead of being pretty. So I had to surface that and deal with that. And once I could forgive myself, then I could forgive men who just actually want L. And I'm like, cool, because if you don't, if you want L, then you actually don't want me. And I began to believe the man that wants me. Part of his wanting me will be because I look like I do. Exactly. Not- exactly right. It's because whatever their thing is, they're like, I love that. I'm so attracted. Loves that. Yep. My, my guy likes like brown skin girls. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah. He was looking for brown skin girls. So yeah. it's really funny that my bestie, this is actually perfect for me. My bestie is gorgeous. She sent me a picture the other day. And honestly, it interrupted me. And I looked at her picture and I said, Christ Jesus, you're beautiful. That was literally what I said. Literally exactly what I said. And it's awesome because my husband is completely not attracted to my best friend. He can't be. She's, she's, yeah, she's like, the there's no person. way you could show him all the pretty photos of me you wanted. And I mean, he's like, she, whatever. She's she wearing a bikini. I can show my husband pictures of my best friend. I'm like, look at Elvis bikini. He's like, oh, she looks okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, ah, I, I prefer you. Yeah. Like they're not going to get any. Yeah. No for me. Motion. Yeah. That's a, that's when you're doing your artist self rescue, you're telling your truths, you're grieving your truths, you're forgiving yourself. You're forgiving the other people. Then you can move forward. Then you can start to see how this all fits in. Your mess becomes your message. All of the struggle I had, all of these tribulations. You know, I married the second time. I married my husband. I love my husband. And I got here and things went to shit. And I was like, this is not okay. God, I put off all this effort. I put this energy into it. It was so I would discover this, not just to save myself, but to help other women to discover that I had to make myself happy. I had to stop suppressing my needs. I had to learn how to speak up. I had to learn how to do this. I had to learn how to figure this out. I had to learn how to deal with a man who is opposite me emotionally and in a different space and a different place and do it without coaching him. And I help women do that. If you're struggling, if you're suffering, if you're miserable, if you're sitting next to him on the couch and you feel totally alone, if this has been going on and on and on and on, you have to find me. I will help you. 
Let's uh, so the other uh, not too long ago, I did a post uh, about Sisyphus, the famous Greek character who was punished for his stuff, sent to Hades only to forever push a rock uphill until it almost gets there and then it falls back down. But he has to do it. He needs to. What a terrible. Right. And uh, in that post, I, I think I tagged you on it. And I was like, I said, you know what? I love what you say about struggle. Give me the. Give me the line. Oh my goodness. So this is awesome. So Ella's like the best interviewer, by the way. Because it's true though. It's fucking true. In the process of discovering all this stuff, I discovered three words that are really pivotal for you. If you're not driving, you want to write this down. Struggle is suspicious. If you're just looking for something to guide your life until you find me and get me. And I have free stuff. So do not let money be your, your, your excuse here. Struggle is suspicious. If you're struggling in something, if you're struggling with your health, I promise you there's something suspicious. Elle discovered all the stuff she discovered after years and years of struggling with her thyroid with these doctors and not knowing what the hell was going on, feeling like a crazy person. The struggle was flagging her that something was suspicious. Anywhere you're struggling, it's suspicious. You're not meant to struggle. Think of it this way. Whether you believe in God or Christ or source or universal energy, That energy wants our love, our expansion, our growing. It is not designed to thwart us. It is not designed to put obstacles. When you see an obstacle, it's something for you to figure out. It is a lesson for you to integrate and then move on, but it is not supposed to just sit you there and you're stuck forever. If you keep struggling, Angel, it's you. And that's good news because we can fix it. We don't need cooperation from him. We don't need counseling. We don't need convincing. We don't need any of those C words. Those are not the C words we're using. We just need you. We're going to do the art of self-rescue. We're going to work on your stuff. We're going to bring your blocks up. We're going to look at your truth. We're going to forgive. We're going to move forward. And we're going to start breaking you of the habit of struggling. I can tell you that Struggle patterns are hard to break. I've been working on mine for. It's almost a subconscious addiction in so many ways. I actually, so I, I have a really good friend whose father escaped Iran when the Shah got kicked out in the seventies. And a lot of Iranian Jews came to LA to escape. Anyway, his father was so poor, so poor to the point where his sister died because they couldn't even afford a taxi to the hospital. Long story short, the guy became a multi-gajillionaire, but he's the guy eats moldy avocados, five-day-old stuff, won't spend any money. He's a hoarder, won't go on vacations. He doesn't enjoy a penny of his $50 million. Not once in his entire life, he's already 87, has never once enjoyed this because he's addicted to that struggle, because it's just about the struggle, because it's the fear, because of course he just never looked at how these things affected him in growing up. And so, and what's interesting is I noticed that my friend who is his son started to do it. And I, I, I had to say to him, I said, hey, I kind of see that you are in this pattern. And, and like, what's that? <laughs> like, you have to enjoy this or you're going to end up with that. And he has, he really has changed it. But it was something I, I started to kind of see mirrored because as you know, and as a lot of our audience knows, we repeat patterns that are familiar to us, even if they are screwed up and not healthy. And um you know, so so that would be his thing would be to just go into focus and work and just nonstop, um, but never enjoying it. You know, mm-hmm. so that struggle is freaking suspicious because it also reaped no benefits for them. There's no enjoyment of this incredible purpose. Like that was the end result of the struggle, wasn't it? So I could have a bunch of money so I could feel safe, so I can enjoy it. And they don't. They never got to it. And you, I'm going to bring up something that's super important about this. 
Um, whether you're metaphysical or whether you're religious, if you're religious, you'll, you'll hear this as the sins of the father are visited on the son. If you are metaphysical, you can say, hey, as within, so without our external mirrors, what's going on with us internally. And I want you to know that when you're doing this, when you have these patterns that are stuck in you, these core beliefs that you are not surfacing, you're not healing, you are then going to pass these on to your children. So just for fun, if you think you're miserable now, wait until your daughter is 27 and she's married the guy that you're married to right now and you can't help her and you can't stop her. You will know that she got that crap from you. That is punishment. Oh, mm. yeah. What are some highlights of um, either identifying some of these conundrums that people are like, ah, there it is. And, you know, sometimes it's such a small thing that people don't think about that's screwing them up. That's, you know, once they take a look at it, but I just love to hear some examples of things that were interesting. You know, it's like the Coleman thing was really funny with the lamp and, you know, people fighting over a table, but aside from the divorce stuff, whether it's divorce stuff or coaching, what are some breakthroughs or some things, you know, in relationship dynamics between men and women that you see where either someone got it or they rescued themselves or the situation, you know, just some highlights. You know, I can actually tell you just, this is a subtle thing. So alphas do not realize, remember we control because we are afraid that if we don't do something, the outcome will not serve us, will not keep us safe, will not protect. And one of the things that's really insidious in our relationships is we do not see how we're controlling and the extent of it. So we actually believe that helping is, is, is helping. It's usually controlling when it's our man. And we actually believe that um, offering advice is okay because we're trying, we're helping. We're, we're planners. Remember alphas love, love, love to plan. That's also a form of control. Like mm-hmm. I'll literally give you an example. My husband, we got chickens. Like that should be a whole show of itself. We have chickens. I've never had a chicken. Kangaroos and chickens, people. You should see the videos I get. They're we have, hilarious. We have kangaroos and chickens. So, so we got these chickens. He wants to get chickens. We've got chickens. Okay. So I'm kind of learning to be a chicken mom now. So I have now kind of trained the chickens how to go back in their coop. I have this little thing. It always works. And my husband decides he's going to go out and he's going to put the chickens away for the night. Immediately, the alpha part of me wants to tell him how to do it. Immediately. And it's not, nothing in my head says, oh my gosh, this is going to be weird. I see him struggling and I think, oh, I'm going to help, which comes from a very masculine place. Oh, I'm going to help. Now, I think it's loving because in an alpha, alphas are always helping in order to get love. We're addicted to the approval that we get when we help other people like this. But when we do it with our partners, it messes up the dynamics in our relationship. So he gets all of the chickens in, but the one stubborn chicken. And, and there I am right there at his shoulder. And I've, I've like, and I see myself starting to say, if you just, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to tell him how to do it. Like he's six. Like it matters if it takes 10 minutes for him to get this last chicken in. And by the way, isn't that comment that you would have almost made the stereotype and the social construction of naggy wives, naggy moms, naggy, you know, I've talked about this before, but in sketch comedy, there were certain things that were off limits. And one of them that we really learned kind of didn't work. And it can now, it depends. If you've got like Melissa McCarthy in a movie going, what the hell? Like screaming, it's funny. But for the most part, if you have a woman yelling in a sketch in any way, it's not funny. The whole, because we are all constructed with exactly that, like 
Don't tell me. And so people cringe when that happens, but you could have like a, a father figure come out on stage and be like, what the hell is going on? And it's like funny that he's yelling. You get what I'm saying? So what you're talking about right there is like, ah, that's every guy's like, ah, right. Yeah. Yep. You don't, you don't notice it. Like this is something that, you know, when you get coaches, they help you. It's like, oh my God, I am a coach. And I still have to be aware. Cause it's like, oh, you know, I was about to do it. I I'm like, oh, I'm about to, I'm about to do it. I'm about to do the thing. And the funny thing is, is it really is the death by a thousand paper cuts because men don't voice it, but they do catalog it. They feel that little, that little correction, that little, that little zing. And it tells them she doesn't trust me. She doesn't trust me to put a chicken away. Right. And here's, what's funny about the whole thing. Like there was no danger. The chicken wasn't flying away. It wasn't like anyone needed your help. You were just like, Oh, let me tell you how to do it. You know, I got advice for you. And, and like that, it's like, let them go be alpha and be their thing and do their guy thing. Cause like, he'll probably be able to figure out like you didn't need to, maybe it would have been more efficient. Probably. I guarantee your way was probably more efficient, but, but would you rather be right or happy? So she said, yeah. Um, this is a word that I give you. If you're trying to catch this in yourself, the word you want to look for is actually efficiency. Yeah. Alphas put so much stuff on the altar of efficiency. So what they'll do is they'll give, they'll give, hear me say it, they'll give their husband a task and then they want him to do it in the most efficient way possible, which is not going to be the way he does it. So let me give you a great piece of billion dollar free advice. As a woman, it's your job to tell a man what you want, but not tell him how to do it. You tell him what, you don't tell him how. I want you to see this parallel because if you follow the line of the universe or source or some people view God as a father figure, it's the same thing. You tell the universe what you want, but you do not tell the universe how to give it to you. You're in the what, you're not in the how. When you get involved in the how, you get involved in controlling, you get involved in fear, you get involved in struggle because that's where all that energy is all interconnected and you start spinning and then people start rejecting you because nobody wants to be told how to do anything, even if they don't know how to do it. Where do we go from here? Let me ask you this. Okay, so so I'm devil's advocate. So there's someone out there that's like, I've been struggling in my marriage. I've been working on myself. I've been doing this stuff. They, they go to you, they, they, they rescue the hell out of themselves and they really do the work. And oftentimes when that happens, sometimes change is emitted from the other person. So that sometimes, you know, you, you change how you are. Sometimes it'll be reflected. You never know. Suddenly the, you change your idea of someone at work and they're not nasty to you anymore. That's possible. But then when it's not, when you're like, Hey, I've done the work, work with Tanya, you're, you're not saying keep rescuing yourself, you know, no, but you're saying no. don't, don't leave until you have rescued. That's exactly it. So what would be like, Hey, if you're being beaten, you run, but short of really crazy abuse. I think that that's right. Can you highlight that for people? Because I, I think will. This important. is important. To get ready to go. Like you, it's almost like this. It's like a year, many years ago, I had a friend who had a husband and uh, became a drug addict all of a sudden. And anyway, he turned it around. Thank God the story ended well. But at the time I said, you know, you, you made these vows. You got to take it to the level of at least rehab, like, like try the end, like the, the last line of addiction, you know, they did, it worked. It's great. They've been together for so many years. So that worked out. But I feel like the same thing you do, like you, you can't bail because you're going to, those problems are going to show up again, right? You can't bail. Nope, yet. Nope. You don't bail on yourself. Let's get into that. No. 
So let me cover this. If you're listening to this and you're like, I love you very much. You, you sound like you've read my life, except this is BS because this marriage is done. I am done. This is dead. This isn't right. going to work. If your job is to save my marriage, this is crap. I want to come in and work with you, but not save my marriage. Please understand your marriage is a byproduct of you. When I get you to be healthy and full and loving and juicy and flowing and balanced, in a lot of cases, that will course correct a relationship without you laying a single controlling finger on your man. If it does not, this is what I teach people. We do not leave until we don't have to leave. What does that mean? It means that we are in this place because we are supposed to learn something. If you flee before you learn the lesson, you will just get it again. It's called jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. So many women have done this. As we look at your relationships. I promise you, if you look at them, you'll see the pattern. You keep getting the same problem in a different guy. And now you're just like, well, it's because all men suck. All men do not suck. Your pattern is drawing in people to show you what you have not healed. So we, as long as we don't have violence, we will keep, and even in emotional abuse cases, yes, we actually stay put because we've got to get you clear. We have to get you to stop drowning. When you aren't drowning, then you can surface, then you can assess the relationship. And usually what happens when you stop with the negative energy, when you stop focusing, when you stop pulling, when you get yourself juicy, when you get yourself happy, please understand that a man loves you by the feeling that he can make you happy. When you become so unhappy that he can't make you happy, he gives up. If you independent of him, you know, zero Fs to him, you just get yourself happy. In a lot of cases, that will course correct a man and he'll start behaving really well. But if he does not, at that point, it is my belief as a spiritual teacher that the universe will pull you apart gently, which means instead of the three-year divorce or the fight, the battle. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, if you're in an emotionally charged situation and you're like, ah, I'm out of here and you don't deal with your stuff and, and get in there before you're actually, you before you actually get out. Uh, it's man. Yeah. It's just going to come back and haunt you over and over. I mean, this has happened to me. I wrote a lot about this in my book. It, it just, we've all been there guys. So like really uh, t- take it from us. It's like, God, this keeps happening. And you know, it's so funny. Mike, you know, people think I'm no BS, but I have a cousin who is, oh my God, like just, oof. You don't even, you know, don't ask her like, hey, how do I look in this? Because forget it. You might not want to hear what she has to say. She's brutally honest. And uh, and people think I am, but she's brutal. And I remember one time I had just had another one of these, another one of these patterns show up with the type of guy, you know, aren't they horrible? <laughs> so many years ago. And I'm like in Hawaii at her place. And I'm like crying about it. And I'm all miserable. And she goes, you know, it's funny. I've heard about a couple of these things over the years with you. Doesn't happen to my friend, Jan, Sally, me. No, like, I, I don't hear any of this shit. So, so why you? And I was like, oh, damn. And she's not even a coach. It was like, she, and I was like, you are correct. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that moment. I promise you, it is such a freeing moment. The hardest thing it is to do for an alpha is to sit still, do work on you, do your inner work while you're sitting next to someone who's not doing theirs. You were so constantly and eternally tempted to go over and to try to push Poke, prod, encourage, do this, do that. Please, please, please get, mm -mm -mm. this is where, if you have spiritual beliefs, this is where you rely on those. You rely on the fact that you believe that if you do what you're supposed to be doing, you will get what you're supposed to get. And that is going to include love. That is going to include respect and understanding and caring and support. You're going to get what you're supposed to have if you do what you're supposed to do and keep your sticky fingers off of these other situations. And you will model this for your children, which I promise you, 
will save them a lifetime of misery. I love it. What are some other things you'd like to share, add with us that maybe we haven't covered or things for people to think about, to identify with? One of the things that I like for people to, to remember is that this really isn't your fault. There's not a fault thing. There's this feeling that, you know, you're in this marriage and you say, well, Tanya, you told me to tell the truth. And I picked this guy. And like, I've often told the mothers, this is very controversial, but one of the things I'll tell them in this process is, is, you know, they've got three kids. And I'm like, you knew you shouldn't have had the first kid and then you had it. And then you knew you shouldn't have had the second kid and you had it. And then you had the third one. You knew every single time and you kept doing it. And they go, oh, I feel, I feel guilty. This is not for you to feel guilty. This is not for you to feel shame. But if you do not figure out a way to face your truth without feeling guilt, you will not be motivated to change and correct it. So I want you to know this isn't your fault. Your mother did the best she could do. I promise you, if I talked to your mother and looked at her stuff, I would find that her mother and her father did some stuff. And this stuff goes back and back and back and back. And it's up to you to break this cycle. And you can do that. You can break the cycle for you, for your children, and it may save your relationship. And if it doesn't, and it comes apart gently, then you can in the future attract the kind of love that you would be proud for your children to have. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So tell us how we can benefit from working with you. Of course, we'll put everything in the show notes to connect with you. I know you're on you know, all social media platforms at the Art of Self-Rescue or just Art of Self-Rescue. Um, tell us uh, where we go to your website. And I know you work with people all over the world. So it could be phone, Skype, Zoom, whatever. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, yeah. Tell us how we can benefit from more of you. You know, it, like I said, if you're an alpha and you are in that beta marriage, this is what I do. I am the best in the world at this. And I don't fail. I work for God and I don't fail. Not only do I not fail, my coaching is actually guaranteed. That's right. I was just going to mention, I'll be like, oh, by the way, yeah, that's what she means by that. <laughs> only coach out there, I'd be like, I guarantee it. I was like, well, that's I, I guarantee my coaching. I, <laughs> you're not going to fail if you work with me. If you fully and faithfully show up and do your work, I got you. I will not leave you. I will show you what it's like to be loved unconditionally. I will show you what it's like to have correct mother love, which is fierce and protective, but it's also loving and receiving. And I will model that for you. And as I help you with that, as you see me as your alpha, you'll learn to get yourself into balance and you will become happy again. We do that with private coaching. We do that with group coaching. So you can have a community of alphas around you. So you can start being around women. And by the way, in my groups, we don't have any of those whiny women that suck up all the time and are all victimy. I don't allow, I don't allow women. They make me crazy. So I don't allow women like that in my experience. So no matter where you are in your life, whether you're a housewife, you're a six figure alpha, you're a seven figure alpha, whatever it is, you need to get to me. You're going to find me at the art of self-rescue on Facebook, on Instagram. Soon in the beginning of the year, you're going to see me on YouTube. You can reach out to me at the art of self-rescue Gmail. And the thing I most want you guys to have is something very important. I haven't talked about this a lot during this call. So this is why I need you to go here to get it. You're going to go to fearlessfocuscoaching.com forward slash origins. That's with an S. I'm going to teach you your alpha origins. You need to understand who you are and how you're wired. Remember I told you this isn't your fault. You were created this way. You were wired this way. We were wired for struggle. We were wired to have these conflicts. We have that life cycle where we go through first the fight part and then the control part. And once you work with me, we enter the third phase, which is surrender, not submission, 
surrender. So you're going to go to fearlessfocuscoaching.com forward slash origins. You want to get the book, The Alpha's Life Cycle. You want to figure out what your origins are. This is how you will get into balance. This is how you can save a marriage if you want to save it. And if you're done with it, that's fine too, because all I'm going to do is save you. I love it. You know, one thing just as a top off before we go, I think one of the, and you you touched on it briefly, but one of the uncoached alpha problems we've all had before we learned it was, can you just talk about how like, because one place everyone can start right now as an alpha is stop helping the needy, help the worthy, stop rescuing, because now you don't, I love your whole bit where you're like, now you don't have time because you're helping your sister with their breakup. You're doing that. You're spending all your time helping coaching all your friends and people without getting paid for it. And I mean, and then you're wondering why your screenplay is not done or whatever. So can you just touch on that? Because like, that's something everybody could just look at as an alpha and go, where can I not enable? Or where can I stop maybe spending my time helping people who may not be worthy or just maybe limit the time? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So this is something I call the noble distraction. So Mm -hmm. what happens is, is you're cruising along and you have these good intentions. You're going to write that book. You're going to start that business. You're going to do that online coaching. You're going to lose that weight. And then your niece shows up and she's crying because the guy that she's dating for the 19th time has broken up with her for the 19th time. and She doesn't have a place to stay. And now you have to figure out where do you need to stay and where do you need to live? And do you have this? And did you think about this? And you go into that, I call it OA, you go into over alpha and you start paying attention to her stuff. And then usually if you're married, you got your mate and you're over alphaing him. So you're doing too much of his own stuff. So he starts to underfunction. He becomes more weak. He becomes more beta because you're doing more of his stuff. He doesn't have to do it. And you're doing this with your children and you're doing this with your job. And some jobs love you for this because they keep throwing you into crisis situations. All of this means that you don't have any energy for yourself. Here's your 10 pieces of energy. If you're watching the video, I got 10 fingers up. So if you got three pieces every day going out to figure out your husband and you got the two pieces for the niece and then you got these three pieces for your job and you got the one piece for the fight that you keep having with your sister or your mom, you have one little piece of energy left for you for your growth, for your development, for your anything. That makes a woman dry up. She goes into overwhelm. She goes into over-functioning and then she has nothing left for herself. This is why you can't get your purpose. This is why you're not ready for your mission. It is so critical that you begin to notice and shut that off. That is part of that resenting and rescuing. I'm going to rescue these people because I want to be rescued, but I'm then going to resent the fact that they don't want to be rescued and they're not behaving. And I'm using it as an excuse, my noble distraction to avoid what I'm supposed to be doing. So at the end of every year, when you check your stuff, you're disappointed in yourself. You're not where you need to be. Yeah. That leads to the imposter syndrome. We feel like, oh, we look awesome on the outside, but we're a hot mess on the inside. It's the opposite around. Alphas are very strong on the outside and they're a hot mess on the inside. A woman is actually supposed to be soft and vulnerable and approachable on the outside and have her core of steel on the inside. Yep. You're inverted. So I got to help you flip yourself inside out and teach you that that is safe. And when you do this, I promise you, everything shifts, everything changes. You will begin to attract people who nurture and support and respect and adore and appreciate a woman who's actually a woman, but still very powerful. I love it. I love it. Um, man, you know, for people that don't know, since now that she's moved to Australia, I'm like always waiting for another interview for her to come out on someone else, like some other podcast. And I'm like, I watch podcasts. I'm like, I just like watch these other pet. Like, what are, are you doing more interviews so I can see you talk? 
<laughs> I can just call yeah. you. I, you are such a support. I'm going to use this as an example. Elle is such a support for me. When I came here to Australia, I, I was really, the move, I'd lost all my support system. I'd given up my identity. I'd really kind of collapsed into myself. And I'd really shut down and I was struggling. I was crashing. I was doing that drowning. And Elle was just right there. She didn't push me when I was drowning, but as soon as my little nose broke the water, she's just like, are you ready? Are you there? Go. The world needs you. And it was really this process that helped me birth the art of self-rescue. And I will endlessly be grateful to her for that love and that support. You, you have to find it. You can get it from a coach, get it from a friend. You know, we, we have coaching. We have, she's in, she's her people. She's got a podcast. They've got a, a Facebook group. I've got a Facebook group. It's the art of self-rescue on Facebook. You got to get yourself in a circle. You got to get somebody who looks at you and, and pulls you forward. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Thank you so much. Your work is amazing. We will put the link that you talked about to get the free book on your origin story in the show notes. And of course, at Art of Self Rescue everywhere else, fearlessfocuscoaching.com forward slash origins for that. But we'll put everything in the notes in her full bio. Thank you so much for joining us. I love you and miss you and can't wait to talk to you soon. I love you. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. See everyone next week. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners, no dairy in your life? No problem. Primal Kitchen has you covered because our no-dairy vodka sauce is made with avocado oil and organic cashew butter so you can ditch the dairy and keep the decadent taste you love. Made without gluten, soy, canola oil, or artificial ingredients, this vegan plant-based sauce is paleo certified. Visit us at primalkitchen.com for more real food options from dairy-free Alfredo sauce to tomato basil marinara and a whole host of other delicious products the entire family will love. Hi folks, Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the primal path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.